It'll also be on the screen, but uh, Jennifer, read Romans 15 for us. Thank you. Morning, everybody. How are you? Okay, Romans 15. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Uh, This is Paul writing. So, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as it is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other, just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, praise him, all the people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, I am a special special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I bring the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way that I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Italy. My ambition has been always to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken of in scriptures where it says, those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I've been preaching in these places. But now I've finished my work in these regions, and after all of these long years of waiting, I'm eager to visit you. I'm planning on going to Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For, as you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come see you on my way to Spain. And I am sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. 
Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in my struggle by praying to God for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to be, obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donation I am taking to Jerusalem. Then, by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now may God, who gives us his peace, be with you all. Amen. Keep your Bibles open to Romans 15, and we're going to walk through those first few verses together. And it's hard to believe we've been in the book of Romans for over a year together. And uh, we're just going to continue to dive in until we come to the end. But we're in a section that's very practical in the book of Romans, because Paul says in Romans 12 that we're to offer ourselves as living sacrifices to God, that we're to give ourselves away to God and, and present ourselves to Him. And how do we do that? And he continues this practical section through 13, 14, and now into 15. And in Romans chapter 15, I was wondering, how am I going to share these things? And so I'm going to share them as ingredients, the ingredients that we need for the successful Christian life. What are the ingredients for a successful Christian life? And so the first thing we need to do is define success. What is a successful Christian life according to the New Testament? And very simply, all that God wants us to do in the New Testament in Him is to grow up, is to mature, is to become like Him. And so that's what it means to have a successful Christian life. What are those ingredients that we need when we offer ourselves in worship to God so that we can become like Him, so that we can be close to Him, so that we can go on in our spiritual growth together as we follow God? So we're going to look at those ingredients today, and I love ingredients, and I love chocolate chip cookie dough, as you can tell. Later today, you guys will all be eating hundreds of hamburgers and hot dogs that are cooking as we speak, but I will be eating my bowl of chocolate chip cookie dough. No, I don't know if I'll be doing I probably will, actually. That's a sad thing. But, um, but I love chocolate chip cookie dough. The problem is I also have guys, little guys in my house, that love to bake. So they love measuring everything out and pouring it in the bowl and mixing it up and cracking the eggs and we have to take the shells out of the dough, but we, they love doing that. And that's a very dangerous combination when you have kids who like to make it and dads who like to eat it. And whether this makes it to the oven or not doesn't matter to me because I like it both ways. And, and so that's what happens in our house when we put the right ingredients together. But have you ever been baking and left out an ingredient or put too much of something in? It doesn't work, does it? So you have to have all the ingredients. Also, you probably wouldn't want to eat any of those things all by themselves, right? I mean, maybe the chocolate chips, but you don't want to eat the flour all by itself. You know, we don't want to drink that vanilla. We don't want to do that. But when it's all mixed together, something very beautiful happens. And so what are the ingredients that we see? And this is where I want you to take out your sermon notes and just write down these ingredients for our lives. So we don't have a lot of time today because we're moving into our baptism, but I want you to write down these few ingredients we see from the first part of Romans chapter 15. The first ingredient is that of consideration. Consideration for each other. That we would honor one another. And this is actually just an extension of Romans 14. And it's accepting one another as God has accepted you. It's honoring that other person. Realizing that my life affects you. That I don't just live for myself, but I live for you. And sometimes there's 
there's good things that come from my walk and bad things. I can, I can offend you. I can destroy you. I can, I can stumble you, and I don't want to do those things. So I must live in consideration for other people. I have to accept other people as God has accepted them. I have to build other people up. That's my calling. And, and if you missed Romans 14, you can listen online. It's free. Just listen to it. But that's our calling to accept and to build up and to honor one another. But as I was thinking of this word consideration, I just began journaling some thoughts about it. That if I'm being considerate of you, if, if I have the consideration for other people, I'm going to have careful or very deliberate thought about other people in my life. I'm going to keep them in mind when I make decisions. I'm going to respect them. I'm going to, I'm going to be thoughtful towards them. I'm going to be selfless towards myself, and I am going to live for other people. And so that's the first ingredient, but it's, it's not just an ingredient. It's not just a good thing to do. Do you realize, as you put 14 in these first few verses of 15 together, that that's your calling? As a believer, you are called to be considerate of other people. You are called to think of other people, to build other people up. And so that's the first ingredient of a mature Christian, of a life of worship that's offered to God, that we would offer that life of consideration for one another. The second ingredient is that of the study of Scripture, of getting inside the Word of God and and studying the Bible. Paul says that the Word of God is for our encouragement. I love the Word of God because God tells us exactly what He wants us to know in His Word. We don't have to guess who God is. We don't have to guess what does He require of me, what does He expect of me, what does He want. God shares His heart with us in His Word. And so we have to digest his word. We have to get his word inside of us. We have to study his word. We have to read his word or listen to his word. That's why I think it's so important to to listen to the radio or or TV and, and allow the word of God or those that are preaching to speak into our lives because we need that inside of us. We have to have that ingredient of scripture inside of our life if we're going to be a mature Christian, if we're going to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And the reality is, is that if we ate in the natural, like we eat in the spiritual of God's Word, many of us would be starving to death. Because we come on a Saturday, we come on a Sunday, and the Word is preached, and we get it inside of us. Jennifer read the Word today, we got it inside of us. But if that's all you eat all week, I'm sorry, that's not enough. We need more inside of us. You don't just eat one time a week, you eat every day to nourish your body and to grow strong. And so I encourage you to walk with God. And you can, it doesn't matter if you're a new believer or an old believer. It doesn't matter if you're weak or you're strong. None of that matters. You want to know why? Because God in his word speaks to us right at our level, right to our heart. He brings understanding for whatever we need. And that's what I love about God is he gives us that powerful understanding from his word. The next ingredient is endurance. The Bible also translated steadfastness, steadfastness or holding fast or persevering, carrying on to the very end. That is a mark of a mature believer, is that endurance, that, that, that life of worship that is offered over and over and over again to God. One of the things I'm really looking forward to this summer, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to the Olympics. I love the Olympics. I love watching the Olympics. I, it, honestly, sometimes it doesn't even matter the sport. I just love watching it because you see these athletes, these men and these women who have trained their body and, and they've given everything to, to participate in an event. And they've, they've, they've worked that endurance up in their body to the point that whatever they're doing, they can do it with all of their might. And there's something beautiful about that. And there's a story behind that. 
And that should be our story, is that we endure in Christ no matter what we go through, no matter what we face, that it doesn't matter. We're going to keep going and going and going in God. And so I encourage you to have that as an attribute in your life, like Paul did in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you today, never throw in the towel. Never give up. Paul always comes back again and again and again, and he says, I want you to stand fast. I want you to hold steady. I want you to be firm in the Lord. And it's, that's so important because he was talking to people who were being persecuted for their faith. He was talking to people who were going through some very difficult times. And he says, stand firm in God. Stand fast. Never give up for God. And endurance is an important ingredient in our life. The next ingredient is harmony. Verse 5, that we would have harmony with one another. We need harmony in our homes. I don't know about you, but it seems like all of our children have very different and distinct personalities. Leslie and I have very different personalities, and yet we have to live in harmony in our home. And sometimes that's tough with so many, but we have to realize that God has put us together, and we have to find that place of harmony. And you go back to the very first ingredient that we talked about, consideration, that we would be considerate of one another. And yes, that's true. But the reality is, is that we need to live in harmony or unity together because all of us come from the same Heavenly Father. And if we're being conformed into the image of Christ, we need to accept one another and live in harmony. The biggest problem in the church, I believe, is that too many Christians believe that they can be a Christian all by themselves. In fact, they feel, I'm better when I'm all by myself. I don't need anybody around me. In fact, I can serve God. I can do things God better all by myself than if I had a bunch of people around me. And I'll say, no, that's not true. It'll never be true that you'll be stronger all by yourself. See, we're all part of God's family. We're all part of his kingdom. And we are better and we are bigger and we are stronger when we're together. And that's why God put us together as a church, that we'd be strong together, building one another up, doing great things for him and his kingdom, loving him in a way so much bigger than we could do all as individuals, but coming together to do it. And so we're called to live in harmony with others. Don't be lonely as a Christian. It says in the next verse, in verse 6 there in your Bibles, you can see it, that with one mind and one voice we may glorify God. It's not that we'd have all these people doing their own thing, but that we would do it all together with one voice. The fifth ingredient is praise. Praise. The Bible says that we were created for God's pleasure. We were created to worship Him. That whatever we do with our life, whatever that may be, that brings Him honor, that brings Him glory, that is worship. It's not just singing, but anything we do to bring joy to God or to please Him is praise. And that's what we were created for. And we've got to remember that, that that my life is meant to worship God. And I want us to keep that in mind because sometimes when we walk into church, like, like today, for instance, we come in to worship God. And some of us in this room are so full of joy that we are, we are like overflowing. You bump us and we're overflowing. We want to get in the presence of God and we want to sing, we want to shout, we want to dance. We are so excited to be in the presence of God. We just can't wait to walk through the door. And that's a beautiful thing. And then there's others of us that have had a terrible week, have had some type of gut punch from life, and, and it was hard to get out of bed, to get in the car, 
to walk through the door. And when you did walk in, you felt like one big empty bucket. But you were still here to be with God. And see, this is what's so important. It doesn't matter if you are full to overflowing or completely empty. When you walk through these doors, be ready to worship. Because God's going to meet you wherever you're at. You were created to worship in the best of times and in the worst of times. And that's what honors God. That's what it means when we gather together and we sing or we pray and we go into his word. Whether we're feeling good or we're not feeling good, it doesn't matter because God never changes. And he's going to fill us up when we're in his presence. And all I'm going to ask you to do this summer when you come to church, be ready to go. Be ready to go. Whether you're full to overflowing or completely empty inside, it's like, God, I am ready to meet with you. And when you come ready and you come expecting, God shows up in a big way. And so we offer ourselves in that ingredient of praise. The final ingredient Paul gives in in verse 7 is is that we would be following Jesus' example. That we'd follow Jesus. That we'd do what he did. We know from 14 and that first part of 15 that he offered himself for other people. He accepted and we follow him. We all know WWJD, what would Jesus do? That we, we know that, but when you really think about it, listen to me, when you really think about what would Jesus do, when you look at the Bible and you, and you go down deep, you realize that Jesus gave himself up for you and me. That Jesus gave himself up uh, tells us that he emptied himself for us. The Gospels tell us that he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And give his life as a ransom for many. The Bible tells us also that, uh, or Jesus said it himself, unless a, a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, there'll be no harvest. Jesus is saying, I had to come and give myself up for something better. And, and God's saying, that's what I want you to do. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thine be done. Jesus was constantly emptying himself. He was living for others. And that's what it means to follow Jesus, to give him your life, to surrender to him. And I watch so many people in our church that give and give and give to others, and it blows me away. It was amazing to be here early this morning and and just watching a train of people taking chairs and tables. And and actually, the guys came on Friday and started the process, but and they were all setting it up. And there's people out now grilling and cooking for us. And, and we're in here, but, but we're going to have food as soon as we're done available to us. There's people in our nursery watching our children and, and, and working with the, the kids. And, and you know what? We, we won't even see them today. But yet they're, they're here to serve so that you can be here. I, I think about, you know, I look outside my window and I, I looked out there and, and all the flowers that have been recently planted. And I'm like, did somebody ask them to do it? People just did it. They just came and did it. I mean, that blows me away. On, on Friday morning, when, when all the helpers were here and they're setting up the gym and giving out the food to people who are in need, it's amazing to watch people give of their time. Yesterday, I heard they, they came to church last night, some people that had gone to the, the prisons and ministered in the prisons and, and gave up a beautiful Saturday and went into the prison, maximum security, to talk about Jesus. I look at these guys in this row here, and I, I get very scared when I look over and see all these black vests. But, and I, I'm going to just tell on them, but, but a few weeks ago, they took their motorcycles up to a, a place where there were kids that, that, that have special needs and, and gave them rides on a motorcycle. 
And, and they're, they're, you can just imagine what it meant to those kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just... Yeah. Yeah. Their faces were just... It was amazing. You know, and they wanted more. You know what I mean? And you got more out of it than they did. I mean, that's what it means. But following Jesus, guys... That's what it means to, that's the ingredient for a mature spiritual life. Offering our lives as worship to God. You don't do it all alone. You serve one another. You serve Jesus. And these are the ingredients that when you put them together, something beautiful comes out. And so what is the result as we kind of bring this in for a landing before our baptism? What is the result? If we mixed everything together and so we get cookie dough, what if we mix these together? What does Paul say in verse 13? So you can look in your Bible, it's on the screen. But in verse 13, there's three words that pop out that is what happens in our life when we, when we put these ingredients together. And those words are hope and joy and peace. Hope, joy, and peace. Those are three beautiful words, aren't they? And those are characteristics of a life that's offered in worship to God, of a mature Christian. Those are the words, hope, joy, and peace. If you look in your Bibles there, it says in verse 13 that our hope will be overflowing, that there would be an abundance of our hope, that we would abound in hope, and we have hope in God. When we look at this and, and, and dive in deeper throughout the book of Romans, Romans 5.2 says that we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Psalm 23, and when we walk through those moments of loss or difficult times, we, we have hope because the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. We shall not lack. We shall not worry because our shepherd is taking care of us. We live a life full of imperfections and weakness. But we have hope in God. We have hope in the Lord. He is the object of our hope. He's the giver of our hope. And when we place our hope in him, we will never be disappointed. I don't care what you're facing. You will always have hope. And the hope comes from God's promises. It comes from his presence. And it comes from his power. So we need that hope in our life. The second is joy. It says in verse 13 there, if you read Bibles, when God of will, hope will fill you with all joy. I don't know about you. Does anybody need joy this morning? You know, and I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about contentment because those things, those things are, those circumstances dictate if you're happy. Circumstances dictate if you're satisfied in life. But joy doesn't come from that. Joy comes from the Lord. It's much deeper. It's much more real. And, and I love the song that says, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. That joy comes from knowing that Jesus paid it all. That whatever I face, it, the, 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 the bill says paid in full. And I have everything when I have Jesus. That's where joy comes from. Which also leads us then to peace. And peace isn't the absence of conflict or a life with no problems. It's a shalom kind of peace. It's a wholeness it's a completeness in God. It's that, that feeling that, you know what, God's with me. <laughs> and nothing can harm me. Nothing's, nothing, you know, even death can't take my life away. I mean, that's powerful. And that's the peace that we have in God, that when he's with us, it's going to be all right. 
All of these things, hope, faith, and hope, and uh, peace and joy, they come from the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the verse tells us, the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. That's part of the fruit of these ingredients. That, that when it's mixed together, we have these things. And, and when we put these things together, that recipe will come out right. But here's my question for you this morning. How is your recipe for life coming out right now? When you mix everything together in your life, are you experiencing the hope and the joy and the peace? I mean, be real honest. I could be real honest. This past week has handed me things that are just sometimes completely overwhelming, and it seemed like one thing after another after another. And to be honest with you, when I was going and and preparing this message, I was thinking about the ingredients in my life that a lot of garbage got in the bowl. And I wasn't experiencing the hope, the joy, and the peace. And all I could think is, I, I, want, I want to get to church where I can worship. I want, to get to, I, want, I want to hear this sermon for myself. Because I want the hope and the joy and the peace. And I want to tell you, the price has been paid for your hope and your joy and your peace. It can be yours through the power of the Holy Spirit. I encourage you today that whatever ingredients in life you have right now, that you just empty that bowl out today and you allow God to fill you. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? And I'm going to ask Pastor Jonathan to come back up and just lead us in worship. In just a a minute or two, we'll be moving into our baptism service. But I want us just to have this moment of reflection. I don't want us to rush out of this moment without asking, how's our recipe turning out? How's our life turning out? And I want to tell you today that God's desire for your life, for your abundant life, is that hope and that joy and that peace. And so I'm going to pray for you. We're going to believe God. We're going to start mixing those ingredients together. And we'll just begin right now with the praise ingredient whether you're full or empty, just worshiping the Lord as we sing in just a moment. But I want to give you a time with God. Just check up. See how your recipe is going. God, we love you today. We love your word. Thank you for speaking to us. And and, uh, Lord, this morning, uh, really more than anything, more than anything, uh, God, we want that hope. That hope that's described. God, we want you, the God of all hope. God, would you fill us with joy and peace? Give us so much that the world can never take it away. Lord, may those three beautiful words be there as we offer ourselves in a life of worship to you. We worship you this morning. Thank you, God. I'm going to ask you just to stand to your feet as we worship the Lord this morning. And I'm going to ask those that are uh, going to be baptized just to have a seat over behind the cross on the pew. And uh, let's just worship the Lord this morning. Jesus paid Left a crimson stain, he washed it white as. Would you just sing that again? Jesus paid it all, 
and all to him I owe and sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow oh yes he did just sing I hear and I hear the Savior say thy strength indeed is small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all cause Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow yes he did oh god and when before the throne i stand in him complete Jesus died my soul to save. My lips shall still repeat. Sing, Jesus paid it. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow, white as snow, oh, white as snow, Jesus, oh, praise the one who paid my debt and raise this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead oh praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead no praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. And sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Paying that debt. 
wasn't actually planning on doing this, but I just feel led that we need to do it today. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And when you hear about hope or you hear about joy or peace, it's not real to you. Or this idea that that he died on a cross for my sins, that he made me right with God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you are saved. And so I'm going to just say a prayer. And I'm just going to ask you to bow your head. Everybody here, just bow your head. And whether it's for the first time or uh, maybe you just feel far from God. You, you kind of walked away and you want to come back today. Maybe you just want to make that, that bold commitment today. I'm just going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. believe that God has done something in our hearts today, hasn't he? And all these people that are going to be baptized have prayed this prayer and believed it in their heart. And now they're making a public demonstration of their faith to all of us today. It says on the front of your bulletin, buried with him in baptism, risen to walk in newness of life. Just as Jesus was dead, he was buried and he rose from the dead. That's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to, we're going to just go under the water and come back up with newness of life. Remember when I was baptized, I, was, I think it was 12 years old. And I just, when I came up out of that water, I just felt like I could conquer the world because I knew that I had identified my life with Jesus Christ and that he was my Lord and Savior. I'm going to invite you to be seated. And, and uh, if you need to get to a place uh, uh, where you can take good pictures or see better, uh, you can go ahead and do that. So I'll just kind of move this out of the way. I don't want anybody to steal my cookie dough or anything, so I'm going to move this back here. And uh, all right. Everybody got a good view? All right, I'm going to have to talk into a mic this way today. If, if you guys have any questions about uh, baptism or what it means, uh, I wrote in the Bible blog today. It's inside your bulletin. It kind of explains baptism a little bit more. Also, in the lobby, we have flyers with uh, scriptures and questions that are answered. So if anybody has any questions about that, or maybe you've never been baptized, and when you see this day, say, I need to do that. I need to identify with Jesus. You can do that. So, all right. Do we have all the cameras ready to go and rolling? We're going to start with Audrey today. All right. Pastor Merrill, come on up. Pastor Merrill, can you help us over here? I love it when children have made that decision to follow Jesus, and this is their commitment. Now, for the rest of Audrey's life, she'll remember that she's been baptized and that she belongs to Jesus. Amen? Isn't that great? Awesome. Awesome. 
Audrey, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead? Yeah. All right. Come on down. Milan's being baptized. Today. Hold my hand, are you okay? All right. There you go. All right. So good. I love it because you know the most of our people being baptized today are teenagers. And I don't know about you, but that really speaks something to my heart because it's in those years that we form a lot of our future. And I know that Milan loves Jesus, and he's going to do great things for God. Milan, do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead? On your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I love it when uh, baptisms get messy, so that's going to be good. Marilee, come on up. Marilee. All right. All right. Mom and Dad got the camera, the phone. We're all good to go. So, again, it's just been such a, a beautiful thing to watch Marilee in church and, and in the youth ministry and, and uh, just what God has done in her heart and in her life, and Marilee, I know God has great things ahead of you. Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead? Upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It actually stayed warm this year. I don't know how that happened, but that's awesome. But you know what? Um, I, just, I just love this because, uh, Isaiah, you're called to be a strong man of God. And uh, we just believe that God has great things in store for you. And um, so, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead? Yeah. On your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You get it? I feel bad. I feel like I'm pushing them under and just, uh, uh, it's just, you know, you got to go all the way down. But, uh, you know, I want to tell you, it takes a lot of courage, doesn't it, to do this, uh, especially as young men and young women. And so one more young man today. Ken, come on up. Ken. Yeah, there you go. We have hair dryers available in the lobby, so we're, uh, we're I just, I can't tell you how much I love Ken and his heart, and I'm just, I, I love what's happening today, and um, Ken, 
Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin and rose from the dead? Amen. Amen. All right, upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 That's awesome. Let's give everybody a standing ovation. Come on. Give it, let them hear it. They're outside. Let them hear you. Let's just sing together one more time. Jesus paid it all. Let me hear you sing it. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as. Come on, just sing it again. Jesus, Jesus paid. Oh, yes, he did. All to him I owe. And sin had left a crimson stain he washed in white as snow come on if you believe that today would you just put your hands together one more time and thank god for all he's done thank you lord oh we worship you oh we worship you let's just sing it one more time oh praise the one no praise the one who Paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. No, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. No, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. No, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Don't praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. No, praise the one who paid my debt and raised this life up from the dead. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. It's been good to be in the presence of the Lord, hasn't it? You may be seated for just one minute. We do uh, this every communion Sunday, and we're about to go out and have a picnic. But we receive an offering from the for the poor once a month on the first Sunday of every month. There are many in our life, in our economy, that are going through difficult times, and we as a church want to help them. There's many people that are in our community that are in need. Sometimes there's needs uh, by missionaries around the world. And so we take up an offering for the poor uh, once a month. And this is above and beyond. And, and so if God has blessed you and, and you can give, maybe God's given you some extra, you can, you can give to those in need. I'm going to encourage you to do that today. And this entire offering will go to minister to the poor in our area. And I love it because sometimes we don't know where to turn. 
And the last place we would think is to God. And sometimes when we turn to God, he just shows up. And, and we want people, when they walk through their, their door, know that, hey, there's someone that cares about you and loves you. And, um, and we want to help with those needs. So I'm going to invite the men and women to come down. We'll pray. And then we'll just uh, sing this one more time before we go and have a great, uh, great picnic together. But God, we love you. We honor you. God, I just thank you that your presence has been here since the moment we walked through this door. And God, you're going to be with us long after we leave. But right now, God, we have an opportunity to obey the word that was taught to us today. That we wouldn't just be hearers, but that we would be doers of your word. And that we would think of other people. That we would be considerate. That we would think of what they're going through. And so, God, I pray that that everything that comes in, God, it would go out just to the right people the right time. And, uh, God, they would know they have hope and help in you. And uh, so, God, I just pray that you bless us as we give this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. As you're giving, uh, we're going to sing just one more time before we go. But I do want to invite you, as soon as we're done, as soon as you receive the blessing of the Lord, to just go out and enjoy, join us for our picnic. We have bought literally hundreds and hundreds of hamburgers and hot dogs, chips and lemonade and everything so if you didn't bring anything it doesn't matter we just want you to come out and hang out with us we got more than enough tables and chairs we want everybody that's here to come out and have a picnic with us i'm going to be walking around the tables i want to meet everybody i'm so glad you're here today and um so just go out the doors go to the south end of the property all the tables are set up under trees so it'll be nice and cool for us today but um but i definitely want you to come out and fellowship with us that's part of being the church is hanging out and having a meal Would you just stand with me this morning, and we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord and just sing a song as we go. But uh, go in the grace and peace of the Lord, and we'll fellowship and eat together in just a moment. But may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you that that blessing rests upon your children. And God, we know that this week, That blessing goes with us out these doors to wherever our feet take us. God, your blessing knows no geographical boundary. It knows no race or gender. It just knows your children. And God, I thank you that with that blessing will be the hope and joy and peace of the Lord. God, just bless our food as we eat together and our fellowship. May we draw closer together as we have drawn closer to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we sing, go out to the picnic. I'll see you at the picnic. God bless you this morning. Greatest day in history. And death is beaten. You have rescued me. Sing it out. Jesus is alive.